Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Good morning, Christian America. This is a warning that Jesus provides his followers. This is a warning that Jesus provides us today. As we go through today's scripture, Jesus is putting on a clinic of a lesson to his followers about the coming of the Son of Man, about getting yourself right with God, living in a manner that you can be, a proud, that you can be proud of, taking responsibility and upholding that responsibility, the responsibility that you have, the responsibility that I have, the responsibility that we have together as a community of believers, as followers of Christ, the responsibility that we carry on our shoulders and how he tells us, he warns us to stay awake for you know not neither day nor the hour. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into scripture this Friday. Good morning, Christian America. So good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American community and the Christian American t-shirt company coming to you today, this Friday. Get you ready for the week. Get you ready for the weekend, excuse me. Get you ready to uh, embark on a couple days, hopefully a couple days off, embark on a couple days to spend time with your family, uh, spend time with your community, spend time in reflection, ladies and gentlemen. It's 2020. We see what's going on around us. We see the calamity. We see the destruction. We see the division. We see the hatred. We see that the world is attacking our faith, that is attacking not just our faith, like your faith, but your buddy's faith and your brothers and sisters in Christ, their faith at all levels at all levels of society, at all levels of person, you know, interpersonally, um, at all levels, faith in Christ, faith in God Almighty, faith in Jesus, the Son of Man, is being tested, it's being tried, it's being poked and prodded at. It is, uh, it is completely under attack. We're, we're, we're being mocked, we're being criticized, ostracized, We've been marginalized for years. Why, ha why has all this taken place? And what are we to do about it? Well, first, things that, first thing that we have to do about it as believers, as Christian Americans, first thing we have to do about it, that you have a responsibility for, is to maintain the faith, to keep the faith, to stand strong in the faith. And we must be ever vigilant about that. I'm sorry, God, I need the coffee this morning because uh, I'm trying to get moving. So, but we have to be ever vigilant about our faith, keeping our eyes. This community in the mission statement says that we are united around our belief in Christ, that we put Christ at the forefront of our lives. We put Christ at the forefront of our eyes, at the forefront of our vision. We put Christ ahead of everything else, and we should, we need to. Not just because I say so, because who am I? But because Jesus says so. We have a responsibility. We are a part of the church. We are a part of the community writ large. The church and Jesus are the bride and the bridegroom. Scripture talks about this. Jesus specifically talks and refers to himself as the groom, as the bridegroom, and the church, the 
that's us. It's not just the building with the steeple and the cross. That is us. That is the people. That is the followers. That is his followers. People who put, you know, that, that, that follow his example, that try to follow his example, that put faith, our faith and our hope and our love and in Jesus. That is us. We are the church collectively. Jesus says we're two or more. I will be there. There are two or more on this call right now, on this video right now. He is here. I, he, he meant that virtually too, without knowing about the internet or at least without the, the internet coming to pass at the time, he, he meant it virtually as well. We coming together to have this conversation, we coming together to have uh, some dialogue and some intellectual uh, thought about scripture about Jesus to talk about what he did what he said where, where does that leave us and what he, does he say and, and tell us to do what were his commands to love God with all our heart mind soul and strength and to love one another as we loved ourselves. that is what he says are the two greatest commandments and then all the other moral laws that he did not change that he only fulfilled nothing was ever changed morally that idea we are the, the uh, in, inhabitants of this community. We are uh, the remnants of this early church. We have the responsibility, as Jesus says in today's passage, to stay awake. In today's passage, in Matthew 25, we've just covered the past few Fridays, the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus is getting ready to enter into his passion. He has uh, verbally destroyed the Pharisees and the hypocrites. He's, he, he, he's put them in their place. And now he's pulled away with his followers and he's talking about the Son of Man. The last two weeks, these last two Fridays, we've talked about the trials and the tribulations to come and the eventual coming of the Son of Man. Not what Eddie says, but what Jesus says. So it's in that light that we come to you today on with the next lesson, the very next portion of Scripture, where Jesus is trying to explain in simple terms because we are all simple people what he means what our responsibilities are when jesus is to return and so we're going to talk about that i'm going to show you the scripture we're going to read it verbatim so there's no alterations and there's no uh you know out of context or anything like that that way you can hear it you can see it and then we'll discuss it and, and what that means not only what it meant then, but what does it mean today? What does it mean for you and I? What does it mean to this world that we live in right now? So let's get right down to it. If you turn to your Bibles, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 25, uh, we'll start right there on verse 1. Okay, in verse 1, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet their bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise, the foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them. But the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, no, there, uh, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants 
and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So there you go. It sounds pretty harsh, the end of that story. Those that don't stay awake, those that don't prepare, those that don't meet their responsibility, that don't take their responsibility seriously enough to come prepared to the feast, to come prepared for Jesus when he returns, to become prepared for when the bridegroom comes back to the bride. Again, Jesus talks about this. It's not Eddie making this up. Jesus says in scripture, he is the bridegroom. We are the bride, we being the church. This is a group of people, just like the group of 10 virgins. Scripture, this passage just talks about. What does this mean? Let's take it from the top. We are invited to be with Christ. We are the bride. We are invited into the wedding feast with our partner, with the bridegroom. That is Jesus. Jesus is laying this out for you. There are 10 virgins. They are waiting on the bridegroom to return. They are going to be a part. They have been chosen to be a part of this. They want to be a part of this. That's why they came with their lanterns and some with their oil. They want to be a part of this. They should be a part of this. We're not talking about the non-believers. We're talking about you and I. We're talking about the believers, the people who say they believe in Christ, the people who say they are followers of Christ, the people who say that they love God, the people who say that show up, that donate, that pay, that tithe, that speak in churches and biblical organizations all around this country, all around this world. We are the bride. We are the community. We are the church. These bridegrooms, or excuse me, these virgins are us in this parable. And so what happens? They're waiting for the return of of the groom. They're waiting for the return of the groom. We wait in expectation of the return of the Son of Man, of the return of Jesus. What are we to do? We, just like these virgins, are to be prepared. We are supposed to come ready so that when the bride return, when the bridegroom returns, when the master returns, when Jesus returns, that we are not falling short, that we aren't forgetting something, that we don't have to run away. We can run towards him. Because what happens in this parable is exactly what Jesus says is going to happen to us. That is why he gives the parable that those who are prepared, those who have taken the responsibility seriously, those who stand ready and willing to enter into his kingdom that want to be with him. How do we know? How do we know who really wants to be with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven? It's the ones who come prepared. It's the ones who put Christ first. It's the ones who try to live a good life. It's the ones who follow his commandments. It's the ones who believe more than anything else through our faith and the grace of God that we believe in him, that have that opportunity, that are there 
that evening, that night when the, when the bridegroom returns, we are that people. We are those people. We are the ones that have this opportunity. And the ones that are prepared are the ones that are going to be taken. These are the ones that are going to go off with Jesus. And the rest, the ones who are not prepared, the ones who are, are, are stuck somewhere else, the ones who didn't take it seriously, the ones who gave lip service but didn't give their hearts, the ones who maybe wore all the Christian t-shirts and, you know, sang loud, sang loud in church, but never had it in their heart. How many people do we know like that? Obviously, it's got to be a bunch because a lot of people say they believe in Christ. In this country right now, there's still like 77% of the people still believe they, they, they believe in God. Now, I don't know what that means, but I would tell you that it's not 77% of the people that are living as God calls them to live. Because if 77% of the people that were living how God, God calls them to live, we wouldn't be in the position that we are in today. We wouldn't have the problems that we have today. We wouldn't have the division that we have today. We wouldn't have the hatred that we have today. The people who don't believe, they're not even a part of this conversation. This conversation, this parable that Jesus is talking about deals with you and me. The people who say they believe, the people who are supposed to be prepared, the people who are supposed to take responsibility and, and take it seriously as a responsible Christian. We are supposed to be raising, before we even raise our kids, we are supposed to be living right. We are supposed to be following the commandments. We are supposed to be uh, uh, seeking God in everything that we do. We are supposed to be living our faith. We're not supposed to be living it on Sunday in for an hour in a building. We're not supposed to be living it just in the little small groups that we get in. Maybe on a maybe on a Saturday morning, maybe on a Sunday morning, the Sunday afternoon, whenever. We are supposed to be living our faith 24-7, 365, every single day of every single year and every single thing that we do. We don't turn off our faith because we go to work. We don't turn off our faith because we go to school. We don't turn off our faith because we go wherever it is that we go. Our faith stands strong regardless of any other external circumstances because what we don't want to do is we don't want to be unprepared. We don't want to be fair weather Christians. We don't want to be those five virgins that are left behind with their mouth open, knocking on the door, asking to come in. We have to take that responsibility seriously in our lives, which means then we need to actually live it. In our churches, ladies and gentlemen, this is a church scripture right here. This is about us. How many of this 77 so-called Christians, so-called people that believe in God are actually living it? That actually take it with them everywhere they go? My uh, guesstimation is probably pretty few. And that's a problem. I think Jesus gave him gave us some some slack here going 50-50, five unprepared and five prepared. It's probably two prepared, eight unprepared. That's what I would guess. At least in this country, but of course he's speaking, you know, holistically. So maybe maybe it's maybe it's 50-50. I don't know, we'll see at some point. But that's our responsibility. And then to raise our children to understand not just to go to church not just to say I believe in God because people, you know, will, will look at me bad if I, if I don't say that I believe in God. But you actually have to know why you believe in God. You actually have to know why you believe in Christ. You have to understand 
what makes this book what it is, what it truly is, the Word of God. What makes it that? How do we use this? How do we use this book? How do we use the wisdom in these pages to set our lives right individually and collectively? How to live together. If you can't describe that, then my friends, you need to get into the Word. That's all I can tell you. You need to get into the word because what Jesus says in today's passage is that you're going to be left unprepared. And when you come knocking on that door, his answer is going to be what? Let me read it back to you what it says actually verbatim. Amen. I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. Then where does that leave us? Brothers and sisters, we have to, we have to get right with Jesus. That's a, that's a, that's a broad term that I just said. That's a, that's a common, a common phrase. Get right with Jesus. Let me tell you, we, you have to get right with Jesus. You have to understand that why you believe. Why do you believe? I can tell you why I believe, but that doesn't mean anything to, to why you believe. Understand why you believe and reflect on it. Be able to speak to it. Be able to give a reason why. A belief why. Be able to explain to people why it is that we can all live together and peace and harmony and kindness and generosity and compassion and charity, all these things, all these things, all, the, all those words sound so, so nice. Those words sound so nice. But we live that way, not because Eddie says so, not because Oprah says so, not because Tony Robbins says so, not because some famous person says so, some athlete says so, some movie star says so, not even because some evangelists say so. You live that way because Jesus says so. Because Jesus says so. And if we don't, we run the risk of being these five virgins who let their lamps die out. And that we're not invited to the wedding feast because he never knew us. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be there. So I encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, today, this Friday, give that some thought. Give that some thought before you go into church this Sunday. Pay attention when you get in there, too. Pay attention to what, this, what, what, what the priest or preacher or pastor or minister says. Don't just pay attention to the songs. Pay attention to what the message that they're given. Pay attention to the people to your left and right. And see if they're understanding the same kind of message that you receive it. Are they receiving the same message? Is it a good message? Is it one that puts God first in every aspect of life? Is it one that speaks truth or is it one that speaks convenience? Because I got to tell you in 2020, church leadership is falling off, ladies and gentlemen, because if church leadership wasn't falling off, we wouldn't have 12,000 followers here because all those, uh, all those churchgoers, would be, be being filled spiritually. 
that they wouldn't have to come onto social media to be filled spiritually. But that ain't the case. That ain't the case. And it's not the case because our church leadership, I'm sorry to say, it's failing. Church leadership is failing. Church leadership is failing to lead. If your church leadership isn't tasking you with the responsibility to speak up, to stand up, to raise people up in the faith, ask yourself why. If your church leadership isn't speaking out against these hatreds and divisions, and I don't mean the political realm, I mean the spiritual realm, people that are after our faith, people that are tearing down statues of Jesus, people that are tearing down uh, the Ten Commandments, people that are attacking our faith. If your church leadership isn't speaking about this, isn't speaking out against this, ask yourself why not. Are they putting the world over the word? I hope not. But I ask you guys, man, you're going to have to be that judge of yourself wherever you're at, wherever you go. I'm just here to give you, you know, some thoughts, some inspiration, information, a little bit of education about what Scripture says and, and, a, and, a, and a way to look at it and what it means for us in 2020. And it's your job to decide what you do with that. And hopefully, whatever it is you do, it's biblically inspired. Hopefully, whatever it is that you do, it's putting Christ at the forefront of every action in hopes that he is the result of every action. Does that make sense? So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to leave you the, the weekend to you. I want you to have a blessed weekend. I want you to spend some time in reflection, spend some time with your family and your community. Because this is a crazy world right now. We're going through a lot of things. But if we don't get our house in order, if this church, if us brides don't get our house in order, the bridegroom is going to come back and find us unprepared. And we're going to be left out. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a blessed week. And remember, continue to share this. Share this message. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel views have gone, have skyrocketed lately. I appreciate it. It's a slow it's a slow increasing amount of traffic. More people are recognizing that we need faith in our lives. That recognition is coming from people like you, people who are sharing our message, people who are echoing our message, people who are uh, retweeting our message, people who are following us and sharing us and all the content that this, that this community, the Christian American community is trying to put out. We are on a mission to help individuals, to help this body, to help this church collectively. I don't care what your denomination is. I don't care what version or, or, or translation of the Bible that you read, but that you're reading it. Because if we, regardless of the translation, regardless of the denomination, if we can agree on the main principles, that would, that would move mountains. But that's a different conversation, and that's a different podcast. That's a different video for today. I just need you in Scripture. This weekend, I need you in Scripture. I need you in reflection. I need you in, need you in meditation. Look over this passage. Find out who are you in this passage. Where do you fit in this passage, in this parable that Jesus has for us? There's something to think about that. 
So continue to like us, share us, follow us, and go to ChristianAmericanTees.com to pick yourself up some Christian American apparel because it's summertime. We have tank tops. You're going to want to, you know, get a tan, get those guns out, do whatever. Uh, but you can you can find Christian American apparel at ChristianAmericanTees.com. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.